Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Stars and Startups with me, Varun Bhumidi. If you're a first-time listener, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. All links can be found in show notes. Just a quick message about Beendeck. Beendeck is our sponsor for the show. Beendeck is a coffee marketplace where you can discover the best Indian coffees in a single place. Do check out beendeck.com to find your favorite coffee and also sign up for the exclusive Beendeck Rewards program. Okay. about the show on this episode i speak with rohan bhargava co-founder of cashkoro on building a business offering cash packs that has worked with over 1500 e-commerce websites famously cashkoro is a rotten startup back startup rohan shares why he and his wife gave up lucrative jobs in finance moved back to india from london in the early days of starting up how affiliate businesses operate and a lot lot more let's say hi to rohan Uh, Rohan, welcome to the show. Uh, it's it's awesome to have you. Thanks, Varun. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, I, I was trying to figure out. Uh, you know, should I introduce you as co-founder of uh, Cash Karo or Pouring Pounds or you know Earn Karo? <laughs> There are so many sub aspects of what you're doing at the moment. But uh, most yeah. importantly, congratulations uh, on on the latest fundraise. Uh, Thank you. You know. it obviously means a lot more expectations from the the cashkaro family uh, so yes. so best of luck with that um, so so what was the pitch to these investors uh, and can you tell us a little bit about what cashkaro and earnkaro is uh, so that our sure, audience understands sure. what do you guys do absolutely absolutely so our, our core business is affiliate marketing right uh, and and what affiliate marketing means is that we're a marketing platform for various companies uh, primarily e-commerce uh, So guys like Amazon, Flipkart, Myntra, Ajio. So we uh, do a lot of work behind the scenes to drive traffic and sales to these guys. Uh, for every transaction that we drive, we get paid a marketing fee, and we pass a large part of that marketing fee back to the users as a cashback. So a user is not only getting a discount that is available through coupon codes and the regular discounts that are there on e-commerce, but they're always getting this extra five, ten, thirty percent cashback. on every transaction that they do uh and we're 100% free uh you can you know save anywhere between uh 5000 to you know some folks that save a few lakhs each year depending on how much you shop uh so the platform is a cashback platform uh that's the core kind of uh, mainstay for cashkaro uh we've been doing this in india now for a little over 6 and a half 7 years uh we were the first guys doing it uh so that's uh cashkaro um yeah, yeah thanks for the intro and and how did you get into it and and what is your background sure so uh you know prior to uh, you know if 10 years back somebody had told me that i'd be doing an online business uh i'd be like it's impossible uh so my background is financial services uh so i did a did my undergraduate undergraduate degree in london school of economics uh did a bsc in economics uh and like most for coming out of uh, lsc uh, the choices were either consulting or banking uh, i had done an internship at goldman sachs i then you know through my last year of uh, college did a uh, did a sort of internship with a hedge fund and uh, you know i just loved finance so you know right out of college uh, many many years back uh, i joined the hedge fund uh, trading fixed income bonds uh, credit default swap so in anything that was fixed income was was things that i would trade 
uh, and uh, did that for almost uh, eight and a half, nine years. Uh, and I think towards this sort of second half of, you know, four years, five years into that journey, uh, something kind of in me didn't feel right. Uh, it just somehow finance didn't seem like where I'm going to spend the next 30 years, right? Uh, and, you know, I would, I would talk to some of my other friends who, you know, kind of knew that this was the, the long-term career. And for me, I just kept thinking that there's got to be something else. Uh, and, uh, you know, through this journey, I would then talk to a lot of people. And, you know, you kind of go through these debates, right? That, uh, uh, you know, do you really want to do this for forever and ever? And uh, the challenge was obviously that the money was really good, right? So it was yeah. London, good money. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very exciting industry to be in. Uh, so, you know, the, the thought of like, okay, do I, do I drop everything and try to do something else? Uh, maybe go back to B school or, uh, you know, so there was a lot of unknowns there. Uh, and along the way, right, I started using a uh, cashback site uh, okay. in the UK market, right? So, and, and, and the funny thing is uh, the guy who introduced me uh, to the idea was my ex-boss. So I'm sitting in, you know, in, in the office, I'm doing a transaction. I think it was on patels.com. And this guy looked at me and said, hey, Ron, what are you doing? You know, you should go to this cashback site and from there go to patels.com and you're going to get money back. And I was like, dude, nobody does that, right? You don't get cash back for like doing transactions. Uh, and, you know, I did my first transaction. This was like, this must be 2007, 2008. Okay. That's um, way back in the day. That's way back, right? And uh, wait, you guys are you guys are well-paid bankers. Why are you going to a cashback sign? Look, so so look. The, the context here is that's my boss, right? So my boss is an extremely well-paid banker, right? So he's looking at me and saying, "Hey, Ron, you should do this." I'm like, "Okay, you know, let me try this." Uh, and the number was ten percent, right? So I was going to spend, you know, uh, I think that that trip was going to be roughly about five hundred, six hundred. Uh, pounds. I was going to get 60 pounds back for doing nothing. I was like, look, that's not a bad gig. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I tried it out and uh, the thing just worked, right? And I was like, wow, you know what? This mm. concept makes a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, and obviously at that point, you know, still the focus was, uh, you know, finance and trying to figure out. So I was at one hand, uh, one point kind of thinking, hey, what else do I do in life? Mm. Uh there was still a lot of stuff happening in finance. There was a lot of learning still to be done. Uh, but, you know, as, as you have it, I started at least using this cashback site personally. Uh, something amazing that happened along the way was, uh, I remember my parents were taking this trip with their friends to Australia. Okay. And uh, my dad was like, look, Ron, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a bunch of uh, non-techie people. And I need you to sort out hotels, flights for all of us uh, and, you know, build an itinerary and, you know, do all of that. Right. So I was right. like, look, I, I'll obviously do that for my folks. Um, but what I also did was I kind of made all their bookings. Right. So I, I did uh, so it's like imagine five couples going on a 21 day holiday to uh, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I made a thousand pounds. Just doing their bookings, right? And, and at that point, I was like, look, something is just crazy with this idea, right? That I have yeah. just made a thousand pounds for things that I would do for my folks anyways, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and 
you know, so slowly along the way, you know, while I was, you know, doing finance a uh, couple of years into it, I, I kind of became a person who really enjoyed that whole cashback idea. Uh, and I, as, as I started looking around, right, I realized that, you know, most people were not using a cashback website. Uh, the concept was not that well established, which is where I felt that there was this massive gap, right, to fill. Uh, so it was love for the product, uh, kind of trying to fill a void of what do I do with my career, what is exciting for me, uh, that you know got me thinking more about look, can I can I do this right? So can I actually run a online business? Uh, and you know at this point I'm coming from an environment where I have no idea what a website is, how to build up like it. It was like absolutely alien, right? Uh, trying to get into this. Sure. Uh, we'll yeah. get to that in a second, right? Sure. So, so this was uh, 2007 is when you stumbled upon the cashback opportunity, and you're like, yeah. you know, what well, this is really cool. I can make a little bit of cash by just doing some of these actions I would anyway do, right? Correct. Uh, and then you start to offer other people also. I'll book stuff for you so you can make some extra cash on the side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is uh, kind of when recession hits 2008 nine. Yeah. Uh, yep. Right. Seven. So, yep. around two thousand, no, two thousand seven, the markets were at a peak. There were things were going really well, gangbusters. Mm-hmm. But you know, some people could see that this is going to uh, uh, kind of the bubble is going to burst. Um, yeah. And you're, you know, in banking and you're doing some of these transactions. So, had did some any of that have an impact on how you saw the cashback world? Were people trying to talk about discounts, going on a budget? Uh, which kind of start, made, made you kind of, you know, uh, uh, was that a trigger at all? Not because really. I mean, if you Not think really. about it, 2007, uh, Groupon was formed, right? Yep. Uh, yep. 2008, uh, 9 is when Groupon, Living Social, all these guys became so popular yep. uh, around the yep. world, including bringing, uh, I think even Groupon started in India around uh, a little later, much later actually. Yep. Um, and everybody was enamored, right? People were putting money into it. You know, everybody wanted to start a deals platform, right? Yeah. So did any of that play into this at all? And, and you know, if, I mean, of course, deals are very different from cash packs and affiliate marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you see the landscape at that point? Uh, look, to be honest, I, I don't think um, we were driven by, uh, you know, the, the recession as such as a, a driver. I think. Uh, see, wherever there is a uh, a financial crunch or a crisis, people definitely do become more money conscious. Uh, but I, I don't think that was kind of the, uh, I, or, or I, I don't think we had that depth of understanding of the business right. at that point. Uh, I think at that point, the, the thinking or the attraction to cashback was that, look, here is a, just an amazing concept that Everyone that I would, so I actually introduced a lot of people to cashback, right? So I would, you know, because I was, you know, getting this uh, amazing benefit, you know, I, I told my friends, uh, I got Swati hooked onto it. I got, uh, uh, you know, just basically like all my, my entire friend circle was like, look, this is, this is so good. Uh, you know, I, I got my office manager. Now my office manager was able to pay her child's tuition for the year uh, by using uh, this cashback site, right? And she was basically doing her normal bookings for the work environment 
and earning enough money to pay, you know, something like seven to eight thousand pounds a year uh, in tuition. Wow. Uh, right. So, so I think at one point I was like, look, this concept is so addictive and it is so beneficial that mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the key driver for uh, you know why we wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think in retrospect, uh, you know, the fact that there is a recession, I think it definitely makes people more sensitive. Uh, and you know, much closer to time, I think we're seeing that in the COVID uh, environment in India, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't think back then we had uh, that much foresight. If I can be completely honest with you, you know, I mean, when you when you see something so good mm-hmm. and you say this is something that needs to exist, then yeah. there's no stopping you, right? There's no stopping someone yeah. uh, from doing that. So uh, you convinced Swati, your uh, then wife as well yep. to kind of yep. leave a lucrative banking job uh, yep. and then start cash karo uh, yep. you know for all the the men out there i think they'd want to understand how did you make this pitch <laughs> um you know i think the fact that she had already become a user uh, and i i think you know it so happened that we were both at that point where uh we were we were kind of a little fatigued with banking right uh, i think um, you know the hours are long right? so uh, i think anyone who's kind of done that life um, it's it's a very rigorous uh, life so you know i i would get to work at i was in work at about 6:45 every day uh, yeah yeah right and because uh, you need to be there before 7 or something or? before before markets right so yeah. and and you know because you were trying to track different markets uh you kind of had to buy sort of x amount of time you really need to, you need needed to know what was going to happen right uh and it's not like you know the day would end when the markets would end you kind of continue right so it was this tough life uh swati who was on the uh, investment banking side with goldman uh but these would start a little later so you know they would start around 9ish but then they would go on till like you know 11 12 midnight uh, and that was it right and you know after like 4 years 5 years you kind of like you know uh, you sort of trying to evaluate like is this the life that i chose for myself right yeah uh, and uh, and at that point you know we were thinking that look if you're going to work this hard is there a better way and do we want to just work for ourselves if you're going to work that hard right because obviously the uh, you know, while the upsides are there they they kind of not uh, enough to kind of take over someone's life uh, so i think it so happened that the timing was really good right? Uh, right and and then a lot of things started to fall in place right so we found somebody in the technology piece and other things but i think uh, convincing swati was not that hard uh, especially because she was ready for a change uh, she was already a avid uh, cashback uh, user uh, so so i think it was uh, you know the right time um perfect storm uh, <laughs> so so when you started out uh, in india and that was uh, you know um, which came first pouring pounds so to make it a cashback so, so pouring pounds uh, so, yeah so pouring pounds came first uh, so we got into cashback uh, early 2012 okay. and uh, you know the initial version of what we were doing was uh, was more as a b2b company mm-hmm. so 
we set up a B2C company, a site called PouringPounds.com. But in the UK, the idea was uh, that we would provide this as a technology to companies like newspapers, banks, trade unions. Uh, so basically anyone that had a captive market base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through that market base, we would kind of acquire customers. So you're saying that if you were to uh, acquire a newspaper or uh, a bank, then they could offer this as an additional service to their customers. Exactly. And exactly. they can show that they can add more value to their users. Exactly. So the idea was through so the first partnership that we did was with the Daily Mail Group. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the largest uh, media company in, in, in the UK. And they had a, they created a program called the Mail Rewards Cashback website. And we were running that, managing that. So everything behind the scenes from the re- retailer relationships, mm. the operations, the technology, everything was managed by us. Uh, and the audience, the customer base was from the newspaper. God. Oh, that's, that's super smart uh, to say, you know what, this is a great way and it's great value. There's nothing that the newspaper daily had to do except lend exactly. their name, the brand exactly. is what they give. Exactly. Um, how did you structure that? Would would uh, because they would feel like oh we're giving up our users, but you know there's obviously value for the customer. Absolutely. See, they were. See, I think everyone is trying to find another way to monetize their customer, right? And if you know if you're in the media business, uh, especially back in 2012, uh, the digital advertising wave hadn't really kicked in uh, to the same extent. Uh, the newspaper business in the traditional sense was sort of dying. Uh, you know, so there was this kind of, uh, you know, it was the bridge between the pure online world and the old school uh, print world. Uh, and they were looking for another way to kind of go back to customers and say, hey, you know what, here's another value add. Right? Mm-hmm. Here is this new service that allows you to get cash back on anything you're going to buy. Uh, for the newspaper, interesting enough, it was also another bridge to go back to them advertisers, right? So guys like Marks and Spencer's, Debenhams, et cetera, and say, hey, you know what? Now we are also playing in the performance business with you. So you can run an ad with us on the newspaper. You can take digital properties and you can be part of this mail rewards cashback website where we will allow you to talk to our customers. And if a transaction happens, uh, it's a win-win scenario for cashback. Oh, that's really smart. So, so basically, it also offered them a new pitch uh, to take their advertisers exactly, and exactly. retain their advertising budgets rather than it being, you know, kind of eroded. Uh, at right. least from a sales standpoint, right? Because exactly. selling ad space is tough. <laughs> selling ad space <laughs> is tough. Uh, yes. That's a that's a really good hook. Um, were you seeing a similar? Uh, mindset or you know the same way e-commerce play out in india as well uh, did you find you know newspaper partners in india how do you make the transition uh, while that's obviously so you, working I'll, really well yeah so i'll, I'll tell you how uh, so we, we we set up this uh, site uh, first partner was daily mail extremely you know great partner to have uh, we then you know uh, went live with a few trade unions and you know starting to talk to a bunch of other uh, folks uh, so we it, it so we were doing this. It's, it sort of was about a year. We were starting to make good money doing this, um, and our team, right, both our technology team and some part of the ops team, which was in India, 
uh, the message from them was, hey, you know what? Cash, uh, sorry, e-commerce in India is growing, right? And right. look, while there is a lot of stuff happening in the UK market, you guys need to be in India now, 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 right? And and we always knew that we're going to do, we're going to be in India and we're going to do it as a B2C company. Uh, and the timing was always sort of indefinite, right? We just weren't sure, okay. you know, when is the right time. Uh, so 2013 is when we, uh, you know, more out of uh, some of the team in India saying that you must be in India, we sort of launched a website. Okay. And, uh, you know, we just already had the domain. Just to see what happens, literally, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we already had the domain cashflow.com. So we said, hey, you know what, let's set it up. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, copy the code base of pouringpounds.com. Let's see what happens. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of had like these two parallel businesses running, right? Where, to be honest, 80% of the focus was on the UK business, which was, right. you know, growing, established, about 20% on uh, the India business. Uh, literally three months into this journey, we kind of realized that while the focus is 80-20, the revenue had already become 50-50, right? Oh. Uh, and, and that's when it kind of hit us that the scope and the opportunity, right, the blue ocean opportunity that India presented as the only cashback game in town uh, versus a B2B play where, you know, you're, you're a service provider at the end of the day, right? It's you're, yeah. you're getting a fixed fee. There is a certain revenue share, but the brand is not yours, right? Uh, yeah. There's no brand equity that you're creating. Uh, and yeah. that's when we kind of... Um, Realized that, you know, maybe there is something that we're missing. Right? Uh, I started to, you know, come to India and spend like two, three, four months at a time. Uh, and there was a lot of kind of uh, juggling that, you know, Swati and me were doing where, you know, we were here two months, we were back in India, coming back and so on and so forth. Uh, the aim, and, and at that point, I think we were still not completely uh, ready to move. Right. Uh, uh, you know, part of it was a bit of a personal decision to kind of pack your bags and suddenly say that, you know, uh, we kind of didn't want to uh, admit that to ourselves in some sense. Uh, but uh, 2014 is when, uh, you know, it was very clear to us that cash grow is, uh, is the focus. Uh, it has to be because, you know, the pace at which it was, the business was growing. Uh, UK was not going to be that big. And, and while, you know, uh, it will be a, UK would be a reasonable revenue uh, size, it was not going to yeah. grow exponentially. Uh, you know, uh, there was there were already cashback players in the B2C uh, space in, in England. So, you know, we knew that we were not going to beat them or overthrow them, uh, you know, without a lot of capital. Uh, and we, we decided that we we're going to, uh, you know, do a friends and family round. Right? And the aim was to use that capital for India. And uh, it so happened that, uh, you know, as we spoke to a lot of our banker friends and, you know, guys in tech space and whatever else, uh, in a matter of literally 72 hours, we had uh, something like $750,000 of interest. Uh, and, you know, we... This is individuals. We, this is individuals, right? So these are... Uh, you know, some of my friends from college, uh, guys who were, you know, our bosses at uh, within banking, 
they in touch kind say, of connected us with sorry i, I was going to say like uh, having banker friends is also useful because i'm sure they have very text, useful right very useful very useful and you know the, uh, the other other aspect right which i think is a great thing that the uk has is um they have this angel um for angel investors right they have this scheme right. called the enterprise investment scheme uh and what it effectively does is that it gives you these amazing tax benefits when you invest in startups right uh so i think that is also it, it enables people to come in a lot more uh, lot lot easier right uh so, so, so literally three days like in like in india you get a tax break for making a cha- charitable donation in the uk you get a tax break for making an investment to a startup right absolutely and absolutely. which is which is which i think is also why a lot of companies do set up in the uk and then try to raise money locally correct 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 so you know so that that worked uh, out for you guys that worked out for us um and um so you know then having raised that money we we realized that look uh, now we've actually raised money for india uh yeah. so 20 mid 2014 is when we packed our bags uh moved to india 100% uh and uh you know started to use that capital and you know focus primarily on uh, on the india market and then uh, the uk was sort of uh sort of autopilot i wouldn't say complete mm-hmm. autopilot but uh, you know the uh, the the balance started to shift completely to uh, the india market i mean and and also long term value is created by having a brand right so you would also want Absolutely. to spend time and effort uh on on the brand creation uh, so when you did this transition um you know obviously lot was going for india at that time uh you know things were not the same say four years before that right 2011 things were just trying to take off yeah uh, people were spending a lot of money like stupid money on acquisition right yeah. but things changed around 2014 2015 uh, where you know the net metrics or the required kpis were way different for you know from investors also for e-commerce yeah. players and then fast forward to 2020 <laughs> a lot more has changed uh, in that ecosystem yeah. um having have you seen some of these uh, affiliate marketing budgets dwindle at all uh, what has been kind of the transition sure. from that time to now uh, in in sure sure marketing. sure so you know interesting enough uh, what we are seeing and continue to see is that uh, teams are getting and companies are getting a lot more organized towards affiliate marketing mm-hmm. uh see the when you know when you talk about uh, being profitable uh, getting your unit economics working out um you see where you end up losing money or where you end up uh, uh not getting the right roi in place is you know when you do a lot of tv or a lot of uh, you know even a lot of google and facebook and display marketing because what you pay for is a click now yeah that click may or may not trans- translate into a transaction that click may or may not translate into a user that is going to be a repeat user for you uh so a lot of money is going towards just the clicks but not actual revenue right what we do is we get you actual revenue right so we would agree with let's say a brand and say hey i will charge you 20% for every sale 
the brand knows that look we are we are a 30% margin business or a 40% margin business so if somebody is taking the ownership of getting me a transaction uh i only pay them if the transaction happens i pay them 20% i keep 10% right uh and because brands are getting more and more uh unit economic uh conscious uh we're seeing people invest more and more towards affiliate marketing uh versus you know changing some of the budgets uh you know obviously what has happened is uh and again it's 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 de- depending on which cycle businesses are in right so if you look at someone like an amazon uh they have not changed their program uh much at all right uh in fact uh as we have become more and more uh, relevant to them uh the the budgets the uh, special incentives the uh, you know everything is actually only getting bigger and bigger right uh and we see the same trend with a bunch of other retailers so i would say is that, that because is that because you're becoming a preferred channel for them and hence they're saying okay let's spend more because we'll then attract more users because of the captive audience exactly. so what has been the shift yeah see the shift is um them realizing that uh here is a channel that actually where that that allows me to really monitor my unit economics right uh with affiliate you know that you're going to spend 10% on a sale right okay and that's it right uh with every other channel it's an unknown right i could spend and and you know what we've been able to consistently show to all our brands is that we are always cheaper so in some cases uh in cases like fashion brands uh we're actually 50 to 70% cheaper than any other paid channel that they're using right including guys like google and facebook uh and and that's what's getting a lot of guys to realize that look affiliate marketing is something that we need to focus on uh right there is a lot of um reeducation that needs to happen so i think a lot of the guys who are today doing digital marketing for uh e-commerce uh have come from a world where it's primarily been google facebook uh yeah they've done a lot of display marketing they've done you know uh, tv and radio uh and a lot of them have not really grown up through a world where they've done a lot of affiliate right so affiliate also becomes a little bit of okay let let me let me relearn and reunderstand what is the value that we are bringing to uh, to the channel right uh, but i think newer brands that have kind of grown through affiliate marketing mm-hmm. uh they have realized that look uh, affiliate will probably be about a 15 to 30% part of that business uh and the more affiliates that they can create the you know uh, the better unit make metrics that they can uh, justify as they grow for a marketer to choose between affiliate versus you know any any of these other channels uh, is it the question of okay here i'm able to drive demand rather than there's a push I, I, okay the question the reason i'm asking you this is if you look at facebook you're basically pushing say uh, you know a campaign or a new collection uh, or a new product that is being launched and then getting that user to then click through and come and at least browse right whereas in cashkaro you can't do that right because you're basically saying okay this is what you can uh, uh, showcase and it's kind of bringing the user 
through a different channel like you know that right so how does how does a marketer decide between these two channels because i i feel like they have different <clears throat> objectives sure uh look the, the basic objective for any marketer is to drive a sale right uh and there is a price for driving that sale right so now whether you do it through google or facebook or tv or radio or affiliate uh you're always kind of comparing and stacking up these different options that you have uh and going with the cheapest uh channel available to you now let's say if somebody is using uh facebook right so they would say hey you know what there's a certain audience that i want to target for that audience i want to give them this particular ad when they click on the ad they will come to my page and they will you know transact or not transact right uh what we do as an as, as an affiliate marketer is we look at the e-commerce website we figure out that hey what are the kind of offers deals products that we should promote to our audience right so we have a captive base about almost 6 million users so we will then do a lot of analytics and figure out hey you know what which segment of users is most relevant for this offer right and we then get them to click on that either go directly from the uh, the offer that we've sent them sent to them and go directly to the e-commerce website or they come to cashcrow from cashcrow they go to uh, the e-commerce website right so in some sense we're doing the same thing uh in the case of facebook you're tapping into the facebook's captive audience uh in our case you're tapping into our captive audience uh and where the marketer needs to determine what is better is uh just a comparison between how much does facebook charge me for a transaction versus what does cashcrow charge me for a transaction does do, do they ever question the cannibalization of an existing user it certainly comes up uh the way uh see think of it as let's say that uh, there is a loyal user to ajio right so there's somebody who and by loyal i mean somebody who knows ajio when they see a great offer or they see a deal or they have a need uh they will go to ajio right so either through an ad or you know directly now this is a user who knows ajio it's not that ajio is not retargeting and remarketing to this user right and if if the case was that look just because i have shopped on ajio once i will always automatically come back to ajio Ajio should not be running any remarketing ads on Google, Facebook, Critio, uh, and you know fifty other remarketing channels that exist. Yeah. So now you sort of say that okay, there is a certain price that you're paying to get back a sale from an existing user, right? What we are consistently showing is that we are cheaper than even that price. So it's it's not about like when like affiliate marketing is not really a new user product. Right? right it is a remarketing product right it is a product that gets a we get you a sale now mm-hmm. you can choose what does it cost me to get a user back to my uh, website right because right. i am because every website is running ads across the board are we cheaper than that or not and uh, as long as we can continue to be cheaper than that uh, we are we are the preferred choice over anything else uh and the question really comes down to is you know we were definitely not anywhere close to where the kind of scale that facebook has 
Right. Uh, so while we may be cheaper than Facebook, uh, we may plateau out at let's say x thousand number of transactions, right? And if somebody wants to get to ten x that number, they kind of say, okay, look, I've I've taken as much as Cashkuro can give me, but now if I need to grow further, I need to go and you know do more in uh, in other channels. Uh, and the aim long term is that can we become large enough for somebody to say, hey, you know what, you don't need a Google and a Facebook. We have a massive shopping captive base that will, uh, uh, you know, do what you want them to do. Awesome. Uh, no, this is fantastic, right? Because there's an uh, there are not many people doing that. And I is it a is there any moat to doing this? Uh, you know, getting all these partnerships, uh, creating the technology behind it uh, for a business like Cashkaro. Uh, is there any moat at all? Oh, look! I I think um, doing something for a long time gets you uh, a lot of experience, right? So the the analogy that I would give is that uh, you know you can set up an e-commerce site today easier than ever before. Yeah. Right? Uh, but you can't become an Amazon. Right. Uh, you can get access to products. You can get access to. Supply, right? So today, if you went to a Levi's and said, "Hey, you know what? Will you list or can I buy stuff from you and sell uh, online?" Yeah, Levi's would be sure, you know. And and you can go to the top hundred brands, and they'll be very happy to, you know, give you a uh, a cut and a reasonable deal. Uh, but you know, that's just the start, right? That's one side of the equation. Uh, right. The second side is, uh, you know, uh, how do how do you grow this business? How do you scale it? How do you build the right people, the right marketing uh, ethos, the right customer service? Uh, constantly innovating on the on the website and the technology, and you know a bunch of other things, right? So, yeah, I I, I think the you know getting this started, uh, mm. I I think is uh, doable in many many ways, right? And I think if you do uh, if you spend literally half an hour googling cashback uh, technology, yeah. cashback site, cashback whatever, right? You'll probably find twenty people uh, who can give you the technology, right? But that's just step one, right? Uh, right. It's the it's it's everything else that we've built that kind of gives us creates that mode for us. Over over time, uh, I remember you mentioned this once. You said a lot of your users are starting to come from smaller towns, uh, you know, uh, tier two, tier three. Uh, has your adoption been? Uh, you know, far greater now with uh, you know Geo being available and people finding yeah. cash back. Even that few rupees go uh, further over there. Um, are you seeing yeah. a shift from uh, consumption pattern patterns? Mm, you know, so you know we always uh, you know when we started off we were we weren't quite like our initial gut was that look it's you know tier two tier three will probably adopt to the product faster. Their sensitivity to uh you know maybe a discount is much more um yeah. and i think increasingly that myth keeps breaking for us because okay what we find is that uh you know the number of iphone users who use us or the number mm -hmm. of so you know if i if i just break down our uh, user base by premium being 20000 and over mobile device and lesser okay I would say sixty percent of the base is about twenty thousand uh, uh, 
rupees worth mobile phone and over and 40% is uh, the, the second half right uh, and so you know what what is interesting is that there's a certain like cashback is not about how much money you have i think cashback is a lot about uh, a certain type of personality right so for example there's a certain right. type of person that collects miles now the only way you get miles is by flying on an airline right which is an expensive right. mode of transport uh and some people do it with a lot of diligence and some people will take forever to even you know take that one step forward to say hey you know what i have to get a card i have to fill out a form i have to then keep my card and then every time when i'm booking i have to either tell somebody or do it on my own to put that card now if you think about it it's kind of like using a cashback website right because what we're telling you is that hey you can go to a site directly or yeah. you come to cashkaro one extra step and go there so i think there's a certain type of person right that does it uh obviously it it helps that um uh you know if if you're that if if you uh, if you have lesser means then maybe you value it uh, that much more uh right. but then your spends are also lower right so the amount of cashback you get is also lower uh so yeah so, so i think it's it's a mix lower. yeah exactly right so i i think what we are finding is that the audience for cashkaro is uh, as much tier 1 as tier 2 and tier 3 hmm. um what is the insight then to start earn karo okay i think that's the the method of a cashkaro yeah. customer now sure. offering you know curating products and allowing others to yeah. buy through their link correct yeah uh, so you just kind of absolutely fund the cashback into a different uh, way of looking at it correct so the idea with earnkaro was um can we enable somebody to take uh affiliate marketing right mm-hmm. and create that as a revenue source so effectively see that's what cashkaro does right so cashkaro has tied up with everybody and we make money by you know getting our users to use us can i now give everybody the basic goodness of cashkaro in their own way right now in order to do that i just need to be able to create these affiliate links so i have let's say a group of 50000 or uh, let's say 500 people that are part of my whatsapp groups now this could be college friends uh, family extended family school etc etc right yeah. can i now tell these people that hey you know what here is a great deal here is a great offer uh and enable these people to make money by doing that right so it, the the idea with earnkaro is more a b2b to c product uh so we are looking at people who join earnkaro as entrepreneurs yeah right so these are people who are looking to create a micro business of their own and we're just a platform that enables them to do affiliate marketing easily and you're competing with uh you know i mean in the last few years there have been a few players doing this in a different way right mm-hmm. uh, where they are acquiring their own products they're creating uh, an yep. e-commerce channel and then they're mm-hmm. saying you know use our you know whatsapp links to then allow people to buy and then you can earn 10 yeah. rupees 15 rupees whatever yeah. that is um are you seeing adoption uh, uh, picking up through these uh, because they trust you and they you know there's some um, different 
so you know right now the uh, the people that are using ankur right or the early adopters of ankur and ankur is very very early in its life cycle uh are people who kind of understood affiliate marketing uh before we existed right? mm. uh and what ankur has done is allowed them a very very easy channel to uh, accelerate their growth right so uh so you know there were guys who had whatsapp groups people who already were uh, youtube influencers who were using affiliate links they were doing it on instagram they were doing it on pinterest uh and you know they it it was easy to do amazon and flipkart right because they are well established programs doing that but for everybody else it was like look it it's very hard to get there uh now even with amazon flipkart there is a minimum payment threshold and you know there are a lot of barriers right uh, when you start uh to use ankur it's free right you simply log in uh takes yeah. under a minute to do that uh you start to create your link you can create a link from any platform uh we're not kind of getting you to a point where you say hey you know what let's start filling forms let me start taking your pan card and your gst and right. other stuff right so we say hey you know what open platform come create uh use uh and the minimum payment withdrawal limit is 10 rupees so we've made that very very easy for people uh mm. now the next stage of what we're trying to get to is uh can we get the people participating in social commerce right. uh you know guys people who are using nichos and shop on ones uh can we give them earncoro as another platform right and we we're, we're no ways competing right we're saying that hey there is nichos is a fabulous platform you yeah. can make money by uh reselling products that are available on Nisho right but a lot of your uh reseller base your target base right is probably going to continuously buy products like shampoo and atta right. and dal and you know your your staples yeah uh, we give you a platform to earn money by uh sharing those things yeah uh, and i think that's the uh key difference that we're trying to drive through that's i mean again i think uh, you know it's pretty awesome that you're able to then now find the b2b play now kind of coming full circle say <laughs> you know maybe <laughs> maybe there are opportunities still exist in, in the b2b side uh um, yeah I, i mean you and i discussed this as well at some point you know credit cards is another channel where they're they're constantly yeah. offering you the worst deals uh yeah. because they don't have a consistent uh, uh you know way of approaching some of these deals and cashkaro is probably a good way for them to also position uh yeah. you know deals to their customers um in this journey uh, what has been the most challenging to build cashkaro and, and now earn karo um people uh i think the the constant struggle at every stage right uh has been uh getting the right people uh, on board mm-hmm. uh you know because at every stage um you know as you kind of get to the next level uh yeah. the people that you want are uh, especially when you want people who have been there done that uh they're sitting it's it's a very small base of people who've been there right so i think getting the right people is um uh you know it, it's kind of your biggest asset when it works 
uh and if you if you don't have that then it's probably the biggest struggle so i think uh, you know even today anywhere between 25 to 30% of my time uh consistently goes towards hiring uh and uh, uh you know if if that time goes to 50% i would say it's still well spent uh but i think that that's the con- consistent challenge uh people you constantly have to create that second layer right and uh if Absolutely. people move on and and you know you need to keep filling that gap or void um, yeah on that note are you hiring what kind of people are you looking for uh so we're looking for you know people in multiple roles uh marketing obviously is uh, the core to what we do so we need okay. to have excellent people in those verticals uh so we're constantly looking for good people with uh digital marketing experience um in in any vertical right uh we're looking for people like product people uh i think those are some the people that we're looking for uh but yeah i think while the roles will be many uh attitude and uh, you know overall kind of hunger passion is what uh you know probably gets us most exciting when we meet people Awesome. I'm going to leave uh, the link to careers page if that helps, uh, you know, bring in yes. uh, new Thank applicants uh, from from the show. Uh, I'll be most happy. On the note of deals, what is your prediction of the deals business? I know cash crow is a little different from deals because you're not focusing on that. Uh, but you know, there was this time when deals were extremely popular, right? Yeah. Uh, that. and it was also the expense of the business the business were taking losses <laughs> to to yeah. uh you know fund deals do you see that ever coming back you know people have kind of moved on from deals and and i think people have stopped expecting there to be a deal because they know there's a catch look i i think the biggest uh, so when groupon started off right which is kind of the origination of deals right um uh, i remember the what got everybody's attention was they had sold something like 4 million dollars of nike product in you know a span of a few hours right and that had never happened digitally before right uh now at that point the business was purely uh you know it it was a group buying concept right so the idea was that look a deal will trigger when it gets to x amount right otherwise look, no, nobody is uh, going to get the deal so it was it was purely a volume business right and I think what changed over time was that the volume mentality kind of went out, right? So it wasn't that a business was going to get x thousand amount of sale, right? Uh, what what it morphed into was even if you sell one product, you get a great deal at a crazy price, and that is when businesses started to lose a lot of money uh, because the product was fairly commoditized. So, for example, you know. Uh, a massage or a haircut or a you know and and those things became so commoditized that people were like look who's going to give me the best deal right if it's not uh this place then I'll go somewhere else um and i think that is where the um the value started to erode right and we never really went back to a group buying concept right groupon was group buying uh and that never happened right uh and i'm sure if you know even today if somebody goes to a restaurant and says hey you know what uh i will get you committed x amount of money for the next 6 months but what you need to do is you need to price your uh buffet at 40% the price so now a business gets money up front 
mm-hmm. for services to be rendered over a period of time there's breakage in the business uh, there always is in this yeah. kind of uh, uh, system um, and the business has to fundamentally be able to cover whatever you're doing right so for example uh, a restaurant business will typically be a 60 70% margin business if you're giving right. 50% off then look you you can survive that right but if you're fundamentally let's say a 20% margin business and you're given a 50% discount and you do that at scale you're done you're screwed <laughs> uh pure maths right pure maths uh, yes pure maths awesome rohan this has been a fun chat thanks for coming on the program thank you so much thank you don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it uh, and please please share the podcast with your friends and whoever you think may enjoy stars and startups and listening to the doers from the indian startup ecosystem it i would really appreciate it if you can leave a feedback if you're listening to this on itunes uh, and of course um, you know if you're listening to any other channel uh, do comment like share uh, and subscribe okay i will see you on the next episode